0: Do you know the difference between a timeout and a break? One serves as an outdated tactic and the other is a beneficial disciplining technique. Dr. Scott Transky is here again to share his expertise and wisdom with us regarding heart-based parenting and effective disciplining. We all know that parenting is hard work and life can get busy. We've done the research to help you. So let's dig deep with Leanne Mancini and work together to help you raise strong Christian kids. I am so happy to have Dr. Scott Taransky on again for our month of Disciplining. And he is the co-founder of the National Center for Biblical Parenting. He is also a professor at Concordia University, where he teaches the master-level parenting class to students who will be social workers, counselors, and ministry professionals. And I I believe parents could take that class as well. He has written 15 books on parenting, and he and his wife live in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. They have five children and 11 grandchildren. Thank you for coming on the show again, Dr. Transky.
1: Hey, Leanne, it's great to be with you. Thank you for having me on. I know in this session we're going to delve into some really practical things that parents need right now, so thanks for having me on.
0: And I want to remind our listeners, to, if you haven't listened to the last episode, please do so, because he shared a lot of great wisdom in that one as well. So this is one of my favorite little many tidbits I got from attending Biblical Parenting University. I loved it. I, I learned a great deal. Your books are phenomenal but I loved the difference between taking a break and time out for a child. Can you tell us what that is and give us an example of how it works?
1: Yes, we work with clients in our Biblical Parenting Coaching Program, and this is a program that parents can get individualized help for uh, kind of reorganizing the way their parent works together. And, and just yesterday, I was completing the uh, program, the eight-week program with a client, and they they then evaluate how were each of the tools that we used in this program helpful. And when we came to the break, they said, oh, well, I'm going to rate that one the highest. The break has transformed our family because it stops the intensity that often takes place in emotional drama in a home. Timeout is what parents m- are most familiar with. It's a, we don't see timeout in the Bible. Timeout tends to be a, a punitive thing where you get five minutes for a five-year-old or 10 minutes for a 10-year-old the child's sent on them to sit down and and be in timeout it's a set, like a sentence for a crime they've committed and you're like the policeman that has to keep them there i just don't it's not a good model for parenting we designed what we call a break which is modeled after repentance the study of repentance in the bible and there are some significant differences but the main one is that the transfer of responsibility goes to the child in other words whose responsibility is it for this child to change it's not the parents Whose responsibility is it for the child to get out of of the break? It's the child, it's not the parent. We don't set a time limit. In fact, we say these words, son, you need to go take a break, settle down, change your heart and come back and see me when you're ready. Even a three or four-year-old can learn how to what it means to change their heart. We talk about a sunny heart versus a cloudy heart. And with practice, they learn by experience that they need to come back with a happy heart or a a heart that's ready to respond or re-enter life. So it's really a detour on the path of life to send a child to a break, but when they get there, they learn to settle down and change their heart. And you might say, well, my kid comes back and he just says, I'm changed, I'm fine. And uh, in that case, if a child isn't really changed, we say, look, you need to go back and, and go back to break because I can tell by looking at you, your heart isn't changed. And we're looking for a change in countenance. We're looking for a willingness to respond and get back on track. That's what we're working on with the child. And so this break becomes this excellent tool for helping children to move forward i'll give you a quick bible story you know in in the story of jonah god wants to get something done and so he wants to send jonah to nineveh it says but the word but is important there but jonah heads the other direction and then there comes the word but but god sent up this storm and and then it says again but jonah went to tarshish or went down into the bottom of the boat and went to sleep there's this unresponsiveness of jonah to god's instruction so here's what god does and this is what we need to do as parents God stops working to get things done. He puts the Ninevites on hold, in essence. And he says, I'm going to deal with this person who has a heart problem. I'm going to take him on the detour that he needs. And he says to himself, okay, I need to discipline this man. How should I do it? What technique should I use? I know I'll put him in a break. Where should I have him sit? And so uh, God has this big fish created just for Jonah. Jonah's thrown overboard, and he's in that fish for three days. I say to kids, can you imagine three days to change his heart? It wouldn't take me three minutes to change my heart. But kids are so stubborn sometimes. They'll sit in that break and pout for five minutes or 30 minutes or an hour because they just don't want to change their heart. But there comes this point when time and the conscience and the Holy Spirit work in a child's heart and their heart, they come back and they say, okay, I'm ready. That's what we're looking for. That's the power of the break. So the parents don't continue the escalation and argue with children and keep going, well, well, we're off track here. And when you when a child's off track, that's when we know it's time to call for the break.
0: And also, it builds a more loving relationship between the child and the parent.
1: You're right, because now we're not, we're not have this escalation of argument. Now we're not just trying to win battles. We've transferred the responsibility to a child. And and when we do, there's a sense of like the prodigal son's father. I'm here waiting for you to come back. It's not like you need to go back and sit in that break because you're being punished. No, I'm ready. When you're ready to change, come on. So I agree with you. It just enhances the relationship between parent and child because we transfer that responsibility for change to the child.
0: And that's what transforms their heart. Loving discipline, where you give them the opportunity to make right choices and to think about what happened and how they could have maybe handled it better. And, and then when they come back also and they have some great ideas, well, mommy, I, I could have done it this way or I could have said it that way. Then you can encourage them by saying, yes, John, that's right. You could have done it that way. I think that's a really great idea because when it's their idea, then they're more apt to follow along to, to make that change. So yes, I love, I love the, the break. So Scott, how can parents effectively reach an obstinate teenager when disciplining if they did not have a good line of communication before the teenage years, is it ever too late?
1: Well, it's never too late. Uh, God changes people at any age. He changes little children. He changes elementary age children. He changes teenagers. He even changes adults. So we're really grateful that God's grace permeates the heart of any person. Now, when we're dealing with a young person who has a hard heart or is resistant to change, then I think there's several tools we can implement. I, I think, first of all, There has to be a sense of relationship. We've got to build that sense of relationship with the child. And often the closer relationship, emotionally connecting with that child, can soften the child's heart. So let's keep that in mind as a priority. And then we're going to probably have to add some firmness into this picture somehow. So there's probably going to be some limit setting. We may have to reduce some privileges. But we want the child to earn back those privileges by working with the parental program, whatever the program is that the parent has set up let's get back together. Let's try to work on this. We want to give you the privileges. This is the whole picture in the prodigal son's father's thinking that, you know, I have open arms ready to give you back the privileges that you lost before. So firmness is likely going to be a piece of that. We can use some of the other tools that can help children, but those are going to be two primary ones that we're going to use. But we have to realize that some children, they just have a hard space in their heart and and a spiritual breakthrough is necessary so just engaging in those spiritual warfare passages you know there's this passage that takes place in the gospel of mark chapter 9 verse 29 when Jesus was talking about a, a boy that was demon-possessed and I don't want to suggest that your, your children are demon-possessed but he says these words this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting what that illustrates for us is that there are spiritual battles going on and if we can draw our attention to that, it can help us realize and recognize that there's a belt of truth that represents the honesty and integrity parents can have with this truth to bring the truth to bear when children are saying lies to themselves, or this breastplate of righteousness where we're trying to demonstrate and model the righteous life, or these shoes of peace that are helping to bring this peace into a child's life and reconciliation, or the shield of faith that's helping to children to learn how to trust God in difficult situations, right through there, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which of course is the most powerful tool. All of these things can be used and we need to sit before the Lord and ask him, Lord, how can I reach my child's heart? What can I do to bring some wisdom into this situation with this child who's having a hard heart? So I think that may help as parents are trying to figure out how to approach a difficult child.
0: Really great advice. And I'd like to say also, If you haven't had a good line of communication before, it's never too late. Like you said, you can pray. And I would start by possibly talking to your teen about things that they're interested in without having a judgmental conversation, just to get them comfortable talking with you and that they know that you care and that you love them instead of just jumping in with with disciplining rules and regulations.
1: Oh, very important. That relationship part is so important. I find that many parents... When we start working with them, they want to know what all the kinds of things they can do to their kids, all kinds of consequences they can bring down. And what we're saying is, let's stop for a moment and let's look at the relationship because often it's the strengthening of relationship that brings the softness in a child's heart. And a child might not be spiritually responsive, so we can't use some of those other tools. But what we're trying to do is help this child realize there's bigger pictures to life than their current situation. And we're on their side. We're trying to coach them through. Let's work together to make this happen.
0: And consistency is the key. So can you share a real-life example of how consistency transformed an extremely out-of-control child or teen?
1: Well, I find that consistency, although really valuable, is not the most important thing. So let me say this. We wrote a book called The Christian Parenting Handbook, chapter one, that is called Consistency is Overrated. (laughs) The reason we say that is because we need a multifaceted approach. And uh, sometimes it's the creativity and the life experience that we bring into the picture that's helpful. But it is, as you say, consistency doesn't mean it isn't important. It is valuable for us to to be able to come into a child's life and say, this is how things are going to be different. So I'm working with a child now as a teenager, parent of a child, and the child uh, has a, a eating disorder and has some body issues that they're having a hard time with and then is regressing and, and retreating to her room and so on. and. So parents are making some success, but it took quite a bit of firmness to say, no, you can't live in your room. No, we're going to actually have to take your cell phone away for a while because it's creating a problem for you for isolation. And we're going to spend some time out there. And and this girl is getting the best counseling she could get from her loving parents to help her rethink body uh, issues and to overcome some of the eating challenges she's facing. But it took a lot of work on the part of parents. They had to hang in there and they can't couldn't give in to the emotional antics of their daughter. They needed to be sympathetic and empathetic toward her, but they also were firm. And that firmness over time is what helping is helping this young lady learn to think differently and act differently in her life.
0: Yes, I think that is the key also, though, being consistent in what you're doing, right? In the multifaceted approach. Because you see sometimes yes. parents They'll do it for a little bit and then they stop. And then that sends a mixed message to the teen and it doesn't help. Well, Scott, you know, you are so knowledgeable. We're so thankful that you're on the show to help us with disciplining our children. And we will have the links to how people can reach you and how they can take the Biblical Parenting University class. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we close?
1: Yes. I want to go back to the original question, because some parents get very discouraged with their children. And they back off and they just are resigned One dad said, I can hardly wait till this kid's out of the house. And I just think that's quite a unnecessary point of despair. We need to take heart and we need to trust the Lord and recognize that God can use these times in our child's life to, for us to make an impact. And we don't have to do it with a hammer. Many times children are going to wander around in life and not do what's right, But the relationship we have with them is so important. So let's not lose heart. Let's keep going. Let's do what God would have us to do to stay on track.
0: Thank you, Scott. And this is how we all work together to raise strong Christian kids.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.